everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Thanks for joining me today at the podcast, and I hope you guys had a very Merry Christmas. We had a great Christmas with our family, a little bit smaller this year because uh, not everybody was around. It was much smaller compared to Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving extravaganza, uh, but still wonderful with uh, our seven kids and uh, our um, in-law-in-laws, I guess is how you say it. Uh, so we've had we've had a great Christmas, and we hope you guys have had a great Christmas too. Uh, a couple things uh, on my mind today, sort of first in the way of an announcement. I'm going to be in San Diego on the fifth and sixth, and I will be speaking for a women's conference there. I'll link back to that today at the podcast. So if you are in San Diego and you need a shot in the arm, I believe this is a conference for moms in particular. And I'm going to be spending that weekend just talking about God's heart for mothers and the role that moms play in the lives of their kids. And it cannot be understated. And you guys know me and my passion for uh, mothers and for encouraging moms, but I think probably more than any other time in my life, certainly in 2016, we saw this. um, And coming up in 2017, really want to encourage moms toward the Word of God and the authority of Scripture. And that sort of leads me to what I want to talk about, because even though Christmas is over, uh, there is this discussion happening in the church right now, or in, I guess, in in broader Christendom. Uh, and my, my assistant sent me an article that my husband and I have been sort of discussing at length around the breakfast table and with our kids and just uh, seeing what's happening in the church today. And it was an article, and I'll link back to it on uh, Pathios that you can find. But I've asked uh, Jay, my sweet man, if he wouldn't mind just coming on the podcast with me today uh, so we can sort of have this discussion. Um, I'll kind of give you guys a peek, I guess, into, into sort of what we're talking about around the table with our kids. Because those of you who have kids that are old enough to uh, see the rift that's happening in the church today, I think it's really important for parents especially to really know what's at stake and why it's so important that we lean on the authority of Scripture. So, hey, babe. Hey, good to be here. Glad that you're glad that you're, uh, got oh, a microphone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're used to microphones. I, yeah, I am. Just for different reasons. That's right. I'll <laughs> sing you a song. Here. you sing me a song. I like it when you sing to me. <laughs> hey, so... Uh, so Melissa sends me this link before Christmas, which is a little bit of a downer. And uh, we we read it, uh, you know, with our kids and sort of read it around the bre- breakfast table. And I'll link back to it today. Uh, but it's posted, uh, the original post, I guess, was at baptistnews.com. And the headline reads, the virgin birth debate er- interrupts the regular war on Christmas program. <laughs> which like there like, isn't enough already. Like we don't have enough going on already. Can't you just sort of see uh, the enemy? His fingerprints are really all over the all over this. It starts out saying the other war on Christmas, uh, not the one over saying Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas, broke into a skirmish after well known politi- after a well known evangelical preacher suggested he doesn't have a problem with people who doubt uh, the virgin birth. Andy Stanley, founder of North Point Ministries and network of six congregations across the Atlanta metropolitan area, attended by check it out thirty thousand worshipers. A week. That's amazing. Uh, said in a message on December the 3rd that one of the challenging things about Christmas is the quote, unbelievable end quote, nature of stories in the Bible describing Jesus' miraculous conception. This is what he said. A lot of people don't believe it, and I understand that. Many, uh, maybe the thought is that they had to come up with some kind of myth about the birth of Jesus to give him some street cred later on. Maybe that's where it came from. So uh, Andy Stanley is the son of. Uh, kind of a renowned uh, a theologian, 
Right, Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley. Right. Yeah. So this is a pretty serious departure from his his dad's uh, theology. Yeah, it isn't sure it? appears to be a, a kind of a, a walk quite a ways away from where um, evangelical conservative evangelicals stand on the Bible. Actually, uh, reading the Bible and seeing what the Bible says, it's contrary to really what that is, and it's shocking to me. Yeah. But honestly, since you know. Not Christ so shocking in the last like t- five years. It seems to be well, yeah, less shocking. That's true. But as... I was I was going to say that even you know early on in the early church there was all kinds of you know um, deviations from. I mean, Paul exhorts um, those he's teaching you know to to hold fast to what they had been taught mm-hmm. because somebody would come along and say other things. So the you know the enemy has worked for years, obviously, uh, to try to get the church to believe other things. And this just smacks of that same kind of spirit all over the mm-hmm. all over again. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be extremely dangerous. Well, Al Mohler uh, apparently agrees with you. Al Mohler, for those of you who don't know, uh, is the president of Southern, uh, uh, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary out of Louisville. And he took exception to Stanley's view on December 16th in his podcast and described uh, the Bible stories about Christ's incarnation as, quote, the central truth claim of Christmas, right? Uh, he said, just in recent days, one Christian leader was quoted as saying that if Jesus predicted his death and then was raised from the dead, it doesn't matter how he came into the world, which is really what Andy Stanley was saying. He's like, listen, the main, the central theme of Christianity isn't the birth of Christ, it's the resurrection of Christ. But Al Mohler is saying, uh, the Bible insists it really does matter. And the answer given from Scripture is very clear in the Gospel of Matthew and in the Gospel of Luke that Jesus was born to a virgin. Mohler said that the attacks on the virgin birth became popular in the aftermath of the Enlightenment in forms of attempts to harmonize the anti-supernaturalism of the modern mind with the church's historic teaching about Christ. And this really smacks of the whole problem that's happened. I mean, we've had we've, for years now, it seems like the church has felt like we've had to, you know, make the gospel and, you know, following God more inter- yeah, and more entertaining and more enjoyable. Come do this fun thing, but good grief, we've seen we've seen some enormous problems with that. Um, you know, the, the whole, I was thinking of the seeker service type thing that, which in itself isn't a bad thing, having services to, to, um, lead, to bring others in so that they'll hear the gospel, but church is based on that so that everyone's just being taught, uh, that following God is a fun thing that we just do because it's, Mm. it's fun and we all love being, being together, but not digging into the meat of the word and knowing what God's word says. And you know, folks, the Bible is our foundation. The Bible is what we what God has given us to show us who He is, how we are to live, and to spell out, you know, the the process of the love that He's given to us through His Son Jesus Christ, and a big part of that is that Jesus is God's Son, that mm. He is God, and to say that He's not, to take to try to ignore that part and say, oh, it's not that big of a deal, believe whatever you want, is extremely dangerous. I mean, we've Heidi's talked in past podcasts about um, some other. Um, theologians, pastors types that have, you know, also said things that, um, you know, it doesn't matter what the Bible says about this or that. It mostly matters that we just love one another, which, you know, love is, you know, the theme of what God's done, but it's also um, what makes his love so amazingly powerful is just the the um, holiness of God and the justice that, that his holiness demands, and then the mercy that God gives us. And to to take that away, any piece of it, and to make and to make light of it, and make it seem like it doesn't matter, cheapens who God is, mm. and is extremely dangerous. 
Well, and it's a huge part of the seeker-sensitive movement, like we, this movement that we've seen in, like, I'd say the last 20 years to really open up the church to make them, quote, you know, um, seeker-sensitive. And uh, Stanley and a lot of these other, like, major bloggers that I've talked about before on the podcast are kind of big players in the seeker-sensitive movement. But it seems to me that they're trying to make Christianity as accessible as possible to the largest number of people possible. And up until, I would say, the last five years, the seeker-sensitive churches have remained theologically sound on paper but they function as liberal churches. So they've managed to keep their feet in both worlds. And I kind of think we're seeing that change. I believe now, you know, we're seeing more of that liberal theology uh, spoken about openly, which is really what um, Andy Stanley has been doing. I mean, Andy Stanley was a couple of months ago questioned the authority of the Word of God. And honestly, you guys, that's where we we really, as believers, we've got to know the Word. I've said this over and over again. We're living in a generation of biblically illiterate Christians. And so you get somebody like, uh, you know, Jen Hatmaker or Andy Stanley, and they get up there and they make these, really their outlandish claims for those of us who know the Word and have studied it. They they make these claims based on a feeling. They're based on emotion. And then those, if you don't know the Bible, you can kind of go, oh yeah, you know, uh, that sounds good. Mueller said that the great question of liberal theology has been to invent a Jesus who was stripped of all supernatural power, deity, status, and authority. And in order to do that, they have to begin by denying what the Bible so clearly teaches in terms of the virgin birth. The real problem is that if people don't believe in the God who has revealed himself in Scripture, then they don't believe, if they don't believe in the Jesus revealed in Scripture, then they are not in Christ no matter what they call themselves. And that's the danger that we're talking about. That's why we say, you know, watch out for this. Know what God's Word says and re- and, and have a, a holy fear, a reverence for mm. God and His Word as you study it and live your life out. Because not because God is, you know, this hateful, you know, wants to make our lives miserable, but because He loves and cares for us. And He's an all-powerful God who has stooped down from heaven to... Well, and guess what? God, God's the creator. He gets to choose. That's right. So he, you know, he is, he chooses his, uh, his level of justice. He chooses what's right and wrong. And as the creation, our job is to know him and to know what he is instructing and what he says is truth. And what we're seeing in this move, this liberal theology, this move away from the centrality and the authority of scripture is a laying down of the justice and mercy and righteousness of God. We're laying it down and exchanging it for what we believe is humans is a better alternative because it doesn't seem palatable to some people to say, well, how can a God that is so loving and so just uh, exact this kind of judgment? You know, how, how you know, and they're in, in, in trying to make their answers to that match up with what the Bible says when they can't do it, then they step away from that. And Christianity is based on uh Christians accepting the final authority as the word of God and believing that God's word is exactly what God said it was. He reveals himself in scripture. And the minute we step away from that, man, we got problems. That's right. And honestly, I mean, he's God. I mean, he I look to, at these He gets things, to choose. Well, I know that, but, and you said that, but I, what I mean is he's God. I would expect that God would do things that are far outside of what I can think and understand. Mm. Because he's not me. He's not us. He's not like another person. It seems odd to me that people want to bring him down to our level, make him seem like he's one of us and does everything like us, even though, yes, he did do that as Jesus. I mean, he walked in the earth, so he experienced what we've experienced. And that's part of how you know we know he loves and cares for us, and you can see that he's identified with us. But beyond that, he created the world. He created everything that we see and know around us. I mean, this is 
not normal things that any of us do. Well, it's and like so, you and I talking about creation. You know, people saying you, you know, you really believe this old-fashioned God. You know, with regard to homosexuality, you you believe him with regard to you know these these crazy little thing you call the Ten Commandments. And I always tell people, listen, I believe weirder things than that. I right. believe that a snake spoke to a woman in a garden, yeah. and they all kind of look at me like, <laughs> and I think kind of at the end of the day. There, there is a part of of Christians in the in the modern church that are embarrassed. Right, we're embarrassed that we believe that and God used what, a snake to speak to a woman in a garden. And I'm saying we should be taking kind of pride in that. Yeah, and saying, look, my God's not like us. Yeah, like, there's other gods that are you know, you know, other people that we revere like Muhammad or whoever, which is what you know? he says in the Bible. There yeah. is no one there's like no me. One like me, the God that we serve does miracles, real miracles parts the Red Sea, holds the sun back. I mean, it goes on and on. He has a, you know, a virgin that he comes over so that she has a baby that's mm. the, that is, is God incarnate. I mean, I don't, it blows my mind, yeah. but that's also what's so wonderful about God is he does things far outside of what we see and know and understand because he's not us. That's right. And so for those of you who are listening to this today and you're, and you're, you're hearing of this liberal, the, this liberal theology being taught in your churches today, we, we just want to encourage you and remind you that your uh, truth is found in the word of God, that as Christians, we rely on it. We have to come back to the, the centrality and the authority of scripture. We believe that because the Bible itself says that it's it's the inspired word of God, that we can trust it. The Bible claims to be a revelation of God, and it claims it all over the place, but it's summed up in two, in, in two short verses, and I'm going to read them to you real quick. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, every scripture, not just the ones that we want to that we want to think that we think are palatable but every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that the person dedicated to God might be capable and equipped for every good work in 2 Peter 1 20 through 21 it says no prophecy of scripture ever comes about by the prophet's own imagination for no prophecy was ever born of human impulse rather men carried along by the Holy Spirit spoke from God so these two short uh, verses are kind of giving a definition of the Christian concept of the inspiration of Scripture. All inspiration was given by God. It was given in two ways, right? First, through direct revelation, and second, by inspiration, which is guided by the Holy Spirit. And that's kind of what we're seeing uh, being uh, rebuffed against by pastors like Andy Stanley, who are saying, well, maybe he didn't really mean it. You know, so if only two of the only two of the Gospels talk about the virgin birth, yeah, maybe it's open for interpretation. What do you say to somebody who says to you, well, it's only in, in two of the Gospels? This is God's word. I mean, I I'm always telling people, you know, when they start arguing about things the Bible says and wanting to wanting to soften or change them. Look, if we start taking bits and pieces out of the Bible, pretty soon the Bible doesn't mean anything, which we've seen, like from Rob Bell, we talked about before. And then, what do we stand on? Mm-hmm. Like, which one of us has the revelation from God that's the truth in all aspects that we should stand on? We don't have it. Like, it's got to be God's word. That's why God's given to us. That's why God says it's so important that we follow it and not change it. Mm. That we, that we, um, you know, that we understand the holiness of God, the truth of God, and it's from his word that he's shown us and taught us about that. I just, it just seems crazy to me. I mean, just think about it for a minute if, if the, we did not have the Bible. Oh, I know. Well, it, the Bible is, is our anchor. It's what we hold on to. It's what we it's what we cling to. It's what we go back to. And all this stuff is as we're talking about, you know, liberalism in denying the essentials of uh, what we have considered to be the theology of the church for 
millennia, for generations. Uh, it matters because these people have influence. And if somebody like who has 30,000 people in his church or somebody who is a massive blogger who writes books for you know major Christian publishers can get out there and tell things that aren't true, you're going to see an entire generation shift away from the truth of the Word of God. And that's, that's right. dangerous. That's exactly. that is frightening. So I think what we're going to do, we're out of time for today, but I think what we're going to do is come back uh, on Wednesday and kind of pick up this discussion a little bit more because I want to talk about truth again. And I've done this uh, more, uh, I've done this in the past in the podcast, but I think it's a great way for us to start off 2017 is just a commitment to studying the Word of God for ourselves, being in the Word, so that when somebody says something, whether they have the title pastor in front of their name or not, uh, you can, your spirit will resonate with the truth because the Holy Spirit is inside of you. So those of you who are listening who know the Lord and uh, follow His Word, the Bible says uh, that you have the ability because of the Holy Spirit to discern uh, the truth and discern right from wrong. That's right. So uh, if you're uh, not subscribed to the podcast, I want to encourage you to do that. You can find show notes from today, including the verses that I referenced, as well as some of the uh, articles, and I will link back to them. I encourage you, read them from start to finish. And if you're if you're wondering, uh, don't take my word for it. Uh, go and get into the Word of God for yourself. I think we've overcomplicated the truth. We've made it into this, you know, really hard, uh, you know, thing that is way above us, and we can't understand it when that's actually not what God says it is. So get in the Word of God in 27. If you haven't yet started my scripture writing challenge, there's a brand new one starting in January of 2017, uh, and that will be available to you probably on New Year's Eve. So you can start off uh, getting into the Bible every day and making it a habit to know the Word of God. Hey, thanks for listening, you guys. I really want to, I don't want to end the year, I guess, without really saying how much we appreciate the listeners at this podcast. We are coming up around 20,000 uh, subscribers. So that's a podcast that goes out to a lot of people every day. And it's encouraging for us because that tells us that there are people who really want to know the Word of God and follow Him and be encouraged in your roles as mothers and as parents uh, to raise your children to love and serve and follow Jesus. So really, that's the heart behind the podcast here. And we're going to talk about everything from uh, how to uh, get a, a whole bunch of laundry through your <laughs> through your laundry room in a, in a day to things like talking about the authority of Scripture, because that's really the life that we live, right? It encompasses lots of different things. So that's what we'll be doing in 2017. And I appreciate listening today. I'll see you back here next time at the Busy Mom Podcast. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.